Ludlow from NBA Inside Stuff, and you're listening to the Double Clutch Podcast. Welcome to the Double Clutch Podcast. I'm Josh Coyne and I'm joined at the O2 Arena on the day of NBA London by co-host and co-creator of NBA TV's The Starters. It's Taz Mellis. Taz, how's it going? Josh, happy to be here, man. Thank you very much for joining us. And uh, are the English people generally treating you well? Better than I thought. I thought I'd get a little bit of a little bit of tude on the tube, a little attitude here or there. But uh, um, no, just uh, just extremely extremely kind, warm people with uh, some great humor, obviously. And uh, no, I'm, I've enjoyed my 50 hours that I've been here so far. I'm looking forward to the game and uh, a couple days in London. And did you think you were going to get anti-American? Oh well, sorry, anti-Canadian. Attitude? <laughs> um, no, just just no, not so much. Just more, more organic British attitude. Okay, <laughs> grumpy. So you and uh, several of the guys from the starters began podcasting with the Basketball Jones. Was it around two thousand and six? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, and after meeting, that was after a meeting at university years before. It's been a long journey for all of you. Deciding since you've decided to throw yourself into the game and throw yourself into this kind of lifestyle. Are you surprised at all by like how far it's come? Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. We started uh, as a passion project, but it was uh, sort of a, our heads were in the sand. We were just kind of um, naive about the future, but we knew we were creating something good. But we had no idea that people would want it uh, as much as they would. And uh, you know, we s- somehow, after several years again of just working, um, happened to be just coexist by coincidence you know on the same path as the nba who obviously has um you know a pretty forward-looking mindset that they took on guys who yeah we we started with another or with a canadian media company doing a television show but they had that forward mindset that they're looking at and be like fans doing a show is kind of the future i mean they're absorbing it um uh, you know i had the pleasure just for example i had the pleasure of talking to adam silver yesterday and he was talking about uh, broadcasts with audio commentators like me or you as the guys being you know on the call as opposed to Marv Albert and Reggie Miller and that could be the future and they're trying that out on Twitch if people are familiar with that so that's how forward thinking they are they're they're they saw these dudes you know starting in a in a kitchen in 2006 um, eventually progressing uh, into you know into a studio etc you know with a you know, a professional attitude, um, but also a raw sound and, and a different sort of perspective on things. And, you know, somehow serendipitously we're here. So do you think that's kind of, that kind of wave of when you guys and I, I suppose Bill Simmons and the guys at, the, at Grantland and things like that, it, it did appeal to more kind of people who wanted something from a fan's point of view. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that kind of that's almost because it feels more accessible? Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. You know, it also is literally more accessible being a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's sort of where, where we started. Uh, you know, the the whole idea of the podcast was was really important. We were really um, popular at, at the beginning with international audience that couldn't get as much basketball content. Mm-hmm. It wasn't nightly on their on their TVs. Um, and uh, you know, we started with the idea of starting your day with it so you know we produced it at 6 37 a.m local and um 
Yeah, I mean, it's all sort of part and parcel. Uh, it, it's also, yeah, from a fan's perspective, it's, it's quite important um, because anyone can do it. You know, it doesn't take a, a big battleship to create one 30-minute show. It doesn't create, it doesn't, you know, take six, seven, eight hours, you know, with 30 people. It's just quick and easy. <laughs> um, so that, that was important. I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's lots of aspects, but... And the fact that it was, yeah, from from the fans' perspective as opposed to, um, you know, sort of the, the traditional broadcaster type. But again, keeping it professional, making it sound professional, that was extremely important uh, way back in the day. Um, our producer, you know, was uh, was extremely strict about that, and he had the background to, to make it happen, our producer, J.D. And, um, you know, and now, as we, you know, we talk on this microphone, everybody has the ability to do that. Um, and so... Everything is sounding great, and it's it's really important because if you, if it sounds like crap, I know I'm getting off topic here, but if it sounds like crap, no one's listening. No yeah. one, anybody, somebody will just turn it off, and they should. Yeah, and and you started on that kind of independent level, um, and then I, go, I believe you guys were picked up by the school. In terms of your team dynamic and your working relationship with each other, um, has it been affected by kind of the rise since it was picked up uh, by various different platforms, and you were taken to the next level? As, as far as the the inner workings of the group, I, yeah, it's affected because we're all sort of married to each other. It's a natural sort of evolution. You know, mm-hmm. we sit around the table um, every single day. Uh, several of us. It's like again, like I'm married to my wife. It's it's very similar. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, there's natural dynamics and natural changes and evolutions of the relationship. Uh, but. Uh, the, the best thing is we've sort of stayed on course with our mindset of creating the best show possible mm-hmm. and like any any job that you work with people you know their mind their uh, direction might go in a different way but ours has stayed on the same path so we've sort of gotten over any little uh, spats here or there okay so so you mentioned before about kind of when when you started and what your priorities were um, you guys came in really early when it really started to hit, when things started to boom in terms of in terms of podcasts, and especially basketball podcasts, um, would you say that like over the years, because as you said before, anyone can make a podcast. Basically, anyone can make it sound good. Do you think for that reason the kind of market has become diluted and the actual medium has become kind of less uh, effective? Not effective. Um, I mean, their volume. There's a there are a lot more shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think the uh, viewership is sort of spliced. I mean, there's not as many people listening to, you know, you mentioned Simmons or, or, or the big boys because you can get so many different ad- avenues. But that's like, you know, video on whatever we call TV these days. I mean, you watch Netflix and there's a billion shows on Netflix. There's, you know, there, there's just more volume. Um, so yeah, you can't listen to, you, you can't listen to all the podcasts. You can't watch all the TV shows. There's, there's so ma- there's too many of them, uh, but effectiveness. No, I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I'm sure you've got an audience that wants to listen to your type of content, um, that wouldn't want to listen to us. Uh, so I, I, I don't think effectiveness is the right word. Um, People want what they want and they can get what they get now. Uh, and that's different than, as you mentioned, you know, 11, 12 years ago when we started, when um, there was only, you know, just a, a handful of podcasts and the big boys weren't even getting into it. But mm-hmm. it's obviously clear that because everyone's getting into it, that people are listening to them, right? I mean, otherwise you wouldn't have giant media companies, every single one of them, creating either a network of podcasts or a singular podcast or, you know, a, a little a group of podcasts. 
So I guess it, it just falls in line with all kind of forms of media where monoculture kind, kind of starts to drift away um, and the wealth of options is actually beneficial to the consumer. Of course. Right. Uh, therefore, there's going to be more people and there's also going to be more interest cor- from a corporate point of view Correct. and a listener point of view. Yeah. So, based on that, would you, what, what advice would you give someone if they were going to start off uh, a podcast or some kind of basketball media platform at this point? Well, make sure it's your passion um, because it'll shine through if it's not and people will stop listening. And if you don't care about it, because it's likely to be sort of a side project and you won't be making money off it. It's kind of hard to, number one, um, emote <laughs> passion if it's not there, and two, it's kind of hard to show up, period, mm-hmm. which is probably my second point. you got to do it consistently. Mm-hmm. You have to be there for people, otherwise it's an easy uh, uh, delete of the podcast feed or mo- you move on if it's not there because we just said there's like a billion options out there. Um, you got to treat it as a job, you know. It, it uh, you know, I can see not to compliment you here, but you're prepared um, for our talk. Uh, you're not just uh, doing this willy nilly, which can also be a, a, a type of do- a way to do it. Um, um, I mean, it's I guess those those that's really simple. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I would say to have an end goal in mind. Um, not only because we didn't really have one when we started, but. Uh, Maybe it is a good idea to sort of have a direction in mind. I guess I guess what what is important is, like we've said, every single media company wants a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, some don't want to produce it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I I'm, I'm probably oversimplified by saying it, it is extremely easy um, because it is work. Editing is is a lot of work, but at the same time, that could be an end goal. I mean, if you have a direction where you you can sort of see uh, your podcast on some sort of media network out there. That could be an end goal, but it also, you know, you got to get a lot of reps in. I think, I think, starting just starting to do it, you know, that one step before you take a thousand is is more important. And then, uh, and then you go from there. You don't know if you're going to like it until you really start it. Um, so just, you know, turn on the turn on the mics, turn on the cameras, get it started, and then you might realize number one, you hate it, but also remember you can just delete it. It doesn't have yeah. to go out into the world because you know we've we've had some te- we did some test runs, but especially we went from audio to video. Uh, we created some poop, some some <laughs> some crappy, uh, a couple crappy episodes, not too bad. Uh, but you know those are those are still private. And there's uh, there's no need for anyone to see it. But just um, you know, try it and see if you like it as well. I mean, there's there's a ton a ton of tips, but I think that's a starting point. So do the best you can do, and then hopefully hopefully you'll get a bit of incre- incremental growth, and then yeah. not necessarily a kind of end goal, but you'll end up where you end up if you just work hard. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, we've said it, it, it has been, be, the viewership has become spliced because there's so many out there. Um, but also you got to realize that numbers aren't everything and, and the smaller the number, you know, as you know, people have written about before, it, it, as long as they're hardcore fans, it doesn't matter. You know, you yeah. just need that sort of base and um, you don't need, I don't know, numbers, I guess, that we're sort of used to, whether it be like five, six digits, obviously you don't. You don't really necessarily need that, depending on where your end goal is. Just a little side note, Taz said that I'm really prepared, but we've had to kind of bundle up into a private bar in the O2 arena that we kind of just forced ourselves in. So um, I'll think twice about that one. But um, in terms of other basketball shows and podcasts that you listen to and enjoy, are there any in particular that you can... You can recommend to people. I mean, there's there's a ton out there, <laughs> like you like you said, like we've said. There's 
There's too, there's too many. Um, I mean, from the uh, you know the sort of more numbers based ones, you know, uh, Nate Duncan and Danny Larue. You're, you know, you want to go that realm. I mean, a uh, uh, Simmons, uh, you know, as as a more sort of NBA overarching one. Um, there's a ton of ESPN. You know, I I, I sort of you know it's now with how many there are. Um, I almost forget names of them. I almost I almost follow figures and, and guys and, and girls that I like and find their stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I almost don't know whether or not a show is produced weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of going against what I said about having a steady, <laughs> steady podcast. But I just follow people and see what they put out mm-hmm. and and consume it. Yeah. All I consume every single part of it. It's yeah. like I'm a fan of, of of more individuals and quote unquote brands that are people, and then consume all their stuff, whether it be written or podcasts. Um, so there's there's a whole wide range of them. You know, from SB Nation, I like team podcasts. Like you know, I dabble if I want to want to be hardcore and get back to my Raptors roots, or just want to hear about any sort of team. Um, you know, geek it out about. Um, the real X's and O's of a team, because now that I cover sort of the national game, and I, we always have, but it's it's always, um, you know, it's it's tough to cover every single. Not everyone can be Zach Lowe, and uh, obviously another great podcast, and and watch thirty games from each team per year. Um, you know, if you really think about it, the people who are really watching each team's games are those hardcore podcasters and or their fans. Uh, so, you know, I like to geek out there. I'm already geeking out. There's, there's just, there's too many. Zach Lowe himself is actually a good example of what you said about if you follow the individual, it doesn't matter kind of how irregular or unpredictable the content is because, I mean, he'll do one every three weeks and then he'll do three in one week. Mm. As long as you kind of follow that guy and that's an incredibly easy thing to do at this stage, right. then you're going to find the content. It's going to come to you rather than you having to go and kind of borrow for it. Yeah, I didn't even think of, of yeah, mentioning that. But yeah, you click a subscribe button and then you've got a feed and you've got your, your little wherever you listen to your, your shows and or watch your shows and or read your stuff it's, it's all there yeah. yeah so should we actually talk basketball <laughs> actually no one, one second actually quick question before uh, we do talk hoops um, with yourself Phil and uh, Lee presenting an American show as non-Americans I like how you call them Phil yeah go ahead sorry that's yeah. okay no, uh, no need to apologize I, I almost feel as though like it's you, such a cool nickname that I wouldn't do it justice if I, if I said have it have you said it <laughs> yeah either way do you feel less pressure um, based on that to kind of comment on the kind of increasingly madcap landscape of the US politics, things like that, as a lot of entertainment and sports shows seem to be doing? Uh, feel less pressure to do it? Feel less pressure to do so, yeah. That's a good question. I, I don't look at it, no, I don't think it's because of my nationality or our, our nationality, where we're from. I think it's uh, up to, you know, whether or not you want to um, express your values and laurel. Uh, that's, I think it's totally separate. I think you know it's one or the other. You know, a lot of sports broadcasters, as you mentioned, some some people are feeling the need to, um, to the need to to transcend their sort of regular barriers and do it. But I think that's it's strictly up to the individual and, and whether or not they want to do it, and whether they it feels important enough um, for them to do it. I, I don't think of it. I mean, we started you know as Canadians in in Canada. A lot of people assumed we're American. Um, because of the subject that we were talking about. Um, so, I, you know, I don't think anyone really turns on NBA TV and says, look at these foreigners, other than Lee, who has an extremely different accent mm-hmm. than the, the conventional. He's American. the beacon of hope for everyone over here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
No, yeah, that's, that's, that's a fair question. Uh, the national has nothing to do with it. Uh, I mean, commonly people stay away from it because you don't want to rattle anyone's cage in, mm -hmm. in general. Just to stay neutral, it's a lot easier to do that. Um, but it's, it's very, very difficult not to talk about American politics um, because it's extremely important. <laughs> and unlike most... the. Um, pretty much unlike anything else that you'll see around the world at the moment. Uh, 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 yes. Yeah, particularly at this time. But um, let's talk about basketball. It's a basketball podcast, and <laughs> you know we're talking from Europe's biggest yearly basketball event, so we'd better talk about it. Um, Boston's record is tremendous uh, at the moment at 31 and 10, I believe, as we speak. Although they're not a top-ranked... 33, 33 and 10. 33 and 10, my bad. That's okay. Yes, yeah, I, I mean, I write for... Celtic-centric websites. This mm. is this is not good enough. <laughs> so yeah, so 33 and 10 as we speak. Although they're not a top-ranked offense in the league, Stevens has used the versatility and kind of ferocity really of the young team um, to create a defensive juggernaut, so to speak. Um, is that something you feel is sustainable until the end of the season? I think they're only going to get better. Mm. Uh, second half, his teams always get better. They had a. You know the most hectic schedule to start the year. Although the Wolves have played more games now, um, but uh, you know they had 43 and 82 nights. But after London, things really, really chill out. Um, you know it's it's now 39 and I don't know 90 odd nights, and his teams always get better. So you know the the defensive part of it. I mean I'm always a little, a little worried about Al Horford at center. Like he's a very good defender always a little undersized but again you know on a whole uh, a very good sort of core that that is so young there's no way that they can't get better especially uh you know with rest a lot of times you say oh jason tatum yeah he's got to hit a rookie wall we, we need all these sort of colloquialisms and in, in the sports colloquialisms mm -hmm. oh this guy's gonna hit the rookie wall oh, jalen brown can't defend the best team's player on the other side all the time but uh, they also didn't have Marcus Morris for a good chunk in the first half. Um, so, you know, their rotation was all uh, up in the air and, and all over the place. Uh, Gordon Hayward obviously out. Um, they're a new they're, team. They're they're new. New. Yeah, they had four returning guys, and they're the tops. Mm -hmm. They've got the best record in the Eastern Conference, and it was a hectic schedule. Nowhere to go but up. And obviously kind of boasting multiple offensive threats becomes even more important in the postseason. Right. Do you think that could possibly be their downfall if they're not kind of ranking highly now? Obviously, you've said that they're only going to get better. Mm. Do you think they'll get to that level offensively where they can compete in the postseason? Yeah, it's a good, I mean, that's based on talent. I guess one guy that might not have as good a second half as he did a first half could be Jason Tatum because he's going to hit that rookie wall. <laughs> no, no, I, th I think it is true that, I mean, it's just been so great for him. It is difficult going from college to the to 82 games, um, and he has been sort of a, a find on the offensive end, but uh, it's all about talent, right? I mean, um, can he keep it up? Can Jalen Brown get better? Uh, can Smart and Rozier be that spark? Horford's going to be a rock and going to be great, and probably, you know, I'm already sort of he's under he's unheralded under underappreciated uh, I'm already doing it in this podcast everybody does it um, but he'll be there it's you know it's just it's just about guys performing it so it's I don't really have a great answer um, but you know Kyrie's also on a new team he's likely to get better as well um, Gordon Hayward will be missed I think we'll see in the postseason that that's when Gordon Hayward will be missed and Marcus Morris is kind of an X factor uh, he can be a herky jerky he can be very good he can be um, you know, not so good, but I, th I think he's sort of found his spot in this league. Uh, 
Um, and again, Brad Stevens just brings guys together. So uh, everybody knows. You can you can hear it from every single Boston Celtic and every single member of the of the the organization that we had a crazy first half. They know that there's more time. They've basically had a, took two practices in the last month. Um, I, I'm I'm pretty certain that the system will be there. It's will will the talent and the skill set shine through, and um, that's where I think Gordon Hayward might be missed. Is um, you know I don't, I'm not sure if Jalen Brown can sort of take that offensive step you know this early in his career he's 1.5 years into his mm. career whether Tatum can keep it up and you know those other guys I mentioned off the bench yeah because it's crazy I mean they're already as I mentioned before the versatility defensively is a massive thing they'd be they'd be exponentially more versatile if it was for Gordon Hayward being yeah. healthy yeah. I mean do you think that's kind of um, that would be the key if they had a Gordon Hayward to actually pushing them towards contention yeah that's I think that's it I think that's what we're going to be saying when it comes to you know game one of whether it's the Western Conference Finals or the the second round Eastern Conference Finals sorry or the second round of the East um, playoffs I think that's what we'll be talking about and or you know a, a Jalen Marcus Terry Rozier Marcus Smart if they're if they're I don't know on another level but Gordon Hayward is an all-star um and it's it's kind of easy to dismiss him because we start talking about Kyrie when we, we look at this team but um you know Gordon Hayward signed first and we thought you know he was coming to sort of be more of uh you know a team player and be and and, and um build toward a championship but he's here to hit big shots I mean the guy's a shot maker um so it wasn't a ridiculous argument that he was their best player when he signed. Right. Even when Kyrie was there. Yeah. I mean, Kyrie, an offensive threat, but as an all-round player, Gordon Hayward potentially the best player on yeah. the Celtics roster. Yeah, and Kyrie, I think, needs a little credit for his defense. Like, you know, he's not the biggest of dudes, um, but playing good positional defense and playing with his hands active, uh, he's been playing well. So that he's, a, he's a part of the defense and that defensive rating. That's uh, the Brad Stevens effect, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Moving on to the Sixers, um, they sit in ninth at the moment, 19 and 19. Their their young stars clearly have a bright future. Can you see them making a run for the playoff spot? Oh yeah, if Embiid stays healthy, um, I mean they're you know they're pretty deep. Mm. Um, they're, they're very very solid. It's hard not looking at this London game and thinking this is the future of the NBA. Uh, it, and and the second half of the season could be a, a very solid future for this. Uh, Sixers team um, but you know the record with Joel Embiid healthy versus Joel Embiid not healthy is is telling um, they're going to make it if he's healthy most likely um, because some other you know other teams like Charlotte have disappointed in the East uh, and uh, if not they they probably won't that being said um, you know Ben Simmons I, I don't think is going to hit any sort of rookie wall mm. I mean this is you know uh, projection projection based on absolutely nothing but he's an uh, outlier yeah I think so I think so he, he looks physically ready for the NBA game already in year one for him and uh, oozing a ton of confidence. If I've noticed one thing uh, from talking to, to guys here, it's that. It's that he is ready to be... He's looking at himself and, and comparing himself to the best in the NBA, not the rookie class at all. Um, and, you know, he, him and Donovan Mitchell have already stood out uh, amongst that class, but... Uh, and his skill set has improved. You know, to, to see a guy really improving in year one, now he can, he's comfortable shooting free throws. I think the range will come. I don't know if it's in year one or year two, but, um, again... Simmons and Bede, then you look down the roster, it's easy to forget. Uh, Sarge is doing a lot for that team. He's a very, very capable guy shooting a, a 
career high in three-point percentage. Covington is a perfect 3 and D guy. Redick is a very, very uh, capable player playing at a high level. They're deep. You know, they're, they're, they're good enough. They should be good enough to make the postseason. And, you know, they had some, you know, uh, close losses. Um, so the second half is, I don't know, I, I feel like teams will, these two teams will leave London and, uh, and be pretty confident going into the second half, no matter what the result is. We, we talk here just before, the, before tip. Um, uh, this uh, yeah, it's hard to not think of this team, these both these teams as the future of the NBA. It would be a disappointment for the Sixers if they don't make it um, to the postseason. Obviously, we're talking pre-game. Uh, for me, I would say that the matchup are two people that the matchup I'm looking forward to the most would probably be the two people you've mentioned already. So you've mentioned Jalen Brown and his capability of uh, guarding the best player. And you've also mentioned JJ Redick. So obviously it'd be fascinating to watch Jalen if he is switched onto him, fighting through all those screens, being made to work a lot harder than he usually would be because team shape around making JJ Redick run, Mm -hmm. team shape around picking for JJ Redick. So for me, that's the most interesting one. What's the most interesting matchup you're looking forward to? Yeah, that's a, a real great point um, about uh, Jalen Brown. Um, he is fun to watch on defense, and, and I'm sure most people won't be watching that. Um, I, I guess it's Horford and Embiid. If you know, I, I don't know. You know, at this point, if the Celtics are going to go big and, and uh, you know put a Baines on him to start, um, you know they they often change the, the starting lineup. You know, it's it's Irving, Jalen Brown, and Horford, but they could go big. Uh, they could go Marcus Morris and start to go smaller. Uh, with Horford at the five, Embiid against Horford, man. I mean, it's uh, it's a pleasure watching Embiid in practice. I was just mm-hmm. sat here uh, in awe. Couldn't even take up my cell phone like a millennial to record him. I was just watching his footwork and watching him his bank shots, and he's just so big. Um, and uh, you know, as, as good as Horford is uh, defensively, you know, that's the one thing that even in a modern NBA, uh, he can get beat. You know, we've seen him get beat. Um, you know, I, I don't even know their two previous matchups. What what's happened between Embiid and, and Horford? But um, he just doesn't have the height. That, that's the only problem. Um, and uh, so I don't know. Embiid is just a pleasure to watch uh, him. And yeah, I, you know, you are going niche and you're going real basketball, and I'm just going big names and uh, and seeing. You, and seeing you what say happens. you say that, but. Even if my answer was a bit basketball hipster, yours is actually probably more crucial to actually who's going to win the game. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, you never know. I mean, Redick, if Reddick goes for 18, 19, 20, then, um, and teams sort of start gravitating, you know, if, if the, the picks do come and they're, they're setting pin downs and two, you know, two sets of eyes go on him, then that's when Embiid and Simmons and even Covington and Sarich will kill you. So you never know. That, that's a very key as well. So you mentioned... Um, about Embiid, uh, he's he's not fair, not considering right. the years he's played basketball. Right? How many right. years is it? It's it's crazy. He's yeah. been playing basketball since he was what mid-teens. Right, yeah. just not fair. Yeah, like seventeen or something ridiculous. He, he's a case of kind of pure size and raw raw kind of build. Is uh-huh. a, is a and enthusiasm and hard work is a, are the ingredients yeah, to become yeah, a. Yeah, it's yeah. He is. Uh, it's easy to think. I guess when you when you put it in sort of that that way, like oh this guy this guy just has it, you know he just he just picked up a ball and was encouraged to play and he just has it. But yeah, he he's tough. I mean, he's fighting through a hand injury. Um, he has put in the work, even though it's been a short amount of time. Uh, so, you know, I think the Sixers are being smart and holding him back. Um, but in, in any 
if you look at it from any perspective, he's going to be a great player um, as long as you know, his knees don't fail him or his ankle or whatever it is. Sure. And in terms of um, quick and snappy, uh, just by maybe a player comparison, what are Embiid and Simmons' ceiling? Uh, you want quick and snappy, huh? Um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I mean... It's easy to compare him to Olajuwon, um, but, you know, Olajuwon was so fleet of foot. He was just so light on his feet, and then he, is he more of a Shaq? I mean, he's sort of somewhere in between. I, it's, uh, but Shaq was also ridiculously athletic his first few years. I mean, he was, he was, he was lighter on his feet than Embiid. Very lean. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was you know, flying. Um, so I don't know. I don't, wanna, I don't really want to compare Embiid to anybody. I mean, he's... he's He's even like he's thicker than Olajuwon. It's, it seems like like he's just big up top. Um, but ceiling, I, I mean, he's a Hall of Fame talent. I mean, I don't know where that where that leads him. Um, but uh, you know, I'm I'm just ready to watch uh, Simmons. I I don't know. I mean, you know, all this sort of group of small forwards. He's in that LeBron, Giannis. You know, uh, I'm bigger than you, but I can handle the ball and we'll get to the rim and and punish you. So he's he's part of that family. I mean. I mean, it's nice to think of like a Grand Hill or something, or uh, you know, he doesn't have the shot of Grand Hill quite yet. But I mean, it's, it's we're putting him already on this pedestal. But he's got the talent, so uh, so I don't know. Again, very similar. I mean, it's we had this question on our show: who would you rather build around? You know, Embiid or Simmons? And I mean, I picked Embiid if he was healthy because um, he also shoots the three-point shot. Not great, but um, you know, he's he's got a. a entire package he can be the fulcrum right now and the record with and without him shows it but i don't know simmons is gonna get better i mean that's it's un it's inevitable the guy is gonna have a shot at some point he's he's sold me with with his talk this week the, the confidence that he's got to be honest the with, with simmons almost what the most impressive thing about him at the moment is is that he's able to do what he's he can do without being able to stretch the floor yeah. so he's not a he's not a shot from he's not a threat from outside in terms of his outside shot, yet he still manages to find a space just by pure force. It's, it's, it's something to watch. Which is like Giannis. I mean, that's the definition of Giannis in his first few years in the league. And, I mean, still now. I mean, he's not a freak like Giannis, you know, in, uh, sort of uh, basketball-wise, uh, mm-hmm. basketball speaking, because he is a bit of a freak. It's, you know, 6'9". <laughs> uh, but Giannis is, you know, 7-ish and uh, has got a wingspan of like 7'4". So... Mm-hmm. Um, Ben Smith doesn't look like a freak, but he is a freak as well. Okay, sure. So last uh, basketball-related question in terms of actually uh, the teams themselves. Sam Hinkie, absolute martyr for the process. <laughs> Do you think that the team themselves are behind or ahead of schedule at this point? Hmm, really good question. You know, when Sam Hinkie picks these guys, he, uh, you know, it's... Uh, it's all about their hard work and about Embiid's hard work and about uh, Noel not being uh, the player they thought he was or Julia Okafor not being the player they thought he was or not getting the same assets back. I mean, it's, man, it's, it's uh, I, I guess, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it all sort of depends on the players. I, I don't really have a great answer for you, to be honest. Um, uh, it, I, you know, I would have liked to seen Hinky get a little bit more time with it, even though it was an extremely painful few years, mm-hmm. and um, the Philadelphia fans suffered for it. But it was an interesting move to say, "Hey, you're out," um, and uh, and and move on from something which 
you know, was successful in a, in a very, very painful sort of sadistic way. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, Brett Brown is the guy, is, is the legend in all of this, that he stayed smile on his face coming to work for for several years and able to keep positive in that locker room and like guys like robert covington who's a, a three and d type guy but was you know here during the dark times and now has sort of come out of it um how he has stayed positive and that's i think kudos to brett brown probably the the front office as well uh yeah so i don't know it's for me it's hard to put sort of a timeline or um I don't know, like an, an outline to where they should where they, yeah. Can do you deem them to be sort of ahead of the curve or I'd say ahead of expectations based on the last couple of years. Right. Um because I mean injuries plagued both of those stars that we've talked about. And then there was even questions about the attitude of Embiid, which is now obviously been proven that he's got a great attitude. Yeah. But there were many things about him kind of not using his boot to recover, some of his diet problems and things like that. All of those things are out the window now. There's no question about how much hard work's been put into the... I mean, his time off's probably benefited. You talked about how top-heavy he is. Mm-hmm. He's a strong dude, and that perhaps is because he's had so much time to work on his condition and work on his strength. So yeah, that's a good point. I think they're a little bit ahead. Mm-hmm. I think they went through a lot of pain, but I think he might end up influencing a lot of people in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said, mark to the process. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we're... we're talking ahead of the game uh, so one last question really and that's who do you who have you got you got the Celtics yeah I think so um, it's, uh, it's it's very difficult to predict but now they've sort of got their entire team intact um, and we mentioned oh you go and get Gordon Hayward you, <laughs> you get Kyrie Irving but now now they're just fully stocked and, and they can go big if Embiid's crushing Horford you throw in Aaron Baines um, you need uh, somebody to get after guys on the perimeter uh, and be a nuisance. Marcus Morris is, is another guy that doesn't get the credit um, that he should as a basketball player. So this team is versatile, man. They're just, they're, you know, not necessarily going to, uh, I wouldn't pick them against the Cavs, but I, I do think they're going to get the one seed. And um, I don't think they're, they're giving it up. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I got the C's and uh, a more, more well-rounded, uh, fully stocked roster well thank you very much for sharing this with us and thank you very much for your time Taz Millis anytime Josh best of luck